This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Uh, I talked last week about something I wanted to touch on a little bit more this week. No, not about that guy. I told you, I promised I was going to not talk about that guy for as as long as I can hold off. And uh, I'm not going to talk about him on this show. I'm going to talk about the thing that uh, set me off at the beginning of uh, last week's episode, which I started off with an ARG which was a combination of things that bother me about podcasts. And some of the stuff I had talked about in the past, uh, about, you know, like the iced drinks where you can hear the tinkity-tinkity-tink of the, of the ice in the glass, uh, the, the um, not knowing who goes first <laughs> in the one particular podcast I talked about, My Favorite Murder. Uh, I think that was a new one that I brought up. Uh, and, and then this other one is the Marin Open. Now, just to remind you, um, the Marin Open is referring to a podcast called WTF, which is hosted by Mark Marin, who's a comedian, an actor, and a, and a podcaster. And he gets some pretty important guests on his show, and he gets them to open up and gets in some in-depth kind of interviews every now and then. And what he does, though, is at the beginning of every one of his podcasts, he talks about something. Something that's on his mind, something that happened to him, something. And he spends just a few minutes doing that before he brings the guest on and does the, the, the meat of the show. And so then I mentioned another podcast called The Greatest Generation, which is a, a podcast about Star Trek, hosted by Benjamin Harrison and Adam Pranica. And the two of them have been doing this podcast for quite a while. They started off with... Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, because that's their favorite series, and what they do each episode is they review an episode of Star Trek. And they they do for some comedy, they, they, they poke some fun at some things, and they have, over the years, developed uh, a language and uh, inside jokes and all kinds of stuff like that. And, uh, you know, for instance, uh, uh, they call their listeners viewers. I... I'm not, I don't remember exactly why, but they just do. And uh, they, they call the Enterprise the Entrepreneur. Again, I don't remember why they started doing that. They just did. And so that's whenever the Enterprise is mentioned, they usually call it the Entrepreneur. Um, so it, and that's just a couple of things that they do. And Mark Marin, uh, the Marin Open, was something that they say on there. Now, I was certain when I talked about this last week, that theirs was not the only podcast that did it. And I was getting upset with these young people thinking they invented the wheel. 
Yeah, this is no. Mark Marin did not come up with this open. It goes way back. I think I even mentioned Jack Parr. Did I not? Yes, I did. And Jack Parr was one of the pioneering talk show guys in television, going way back to the 1950s. I think he he took over the Tonight Show from Steve Allen in 1957. Steve Allen was the first host of the Tonight Show. Although interestingly, the Tonight Show was not called. The Tonight Show at the very beginning. It was called Tonight. And I think it was like Tonight with Steve Allen or Tonight starring Steve Allen. I'm not sure which. And then and then it became when Jack Parr took over the show. Steve Allen was on it for like three years and then he moved on to primetime. Uh, but then they so they NBC put Jack Parr in that position and uh, and they called it you know Tonight with Jack Parr or starring Jack Parr. And eventually they called it the Jack Parr Show. Uh, when he gave up the show in 1962 and Johnny Carson took over, then it became The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson or starring Johnny Carson. I, I don't remember which. You think being a pedant, I'd have it exactly right, but I don't. See, I'm not that pedantic. Anyway. Um, but it's still considered The Tonight Show. The three hosts that still looked on as being, historically, this is what The Tonight Show was. Okay, so um, so I, I mentioned that, and the reason why I bring it up again is because, like I said, I swear it was more than just the one podcast, uh, the next gen, uh, the uh, Greatest Generation podcast. I swear it was more. So I I did a Google search during the week because I decided to write a blog about uh, the Marin Open and about Jack Parr, and uh, for the uh, for the uh, Warehouse Fine blog that I do for Nostalgia Zone, which is a comic book store that I work part-time for. You can find uh, the blog and information about the about Nostalgia Zone at NostalgiaZone.com. Just go there. You'll find the blog. You'll find our catalog of comic books you can buy or magazines. It's a, it's a neat site and it's a cool store. And, and the blog isn't too bad. Uh, and I, so I thought, well, I'm going to write since I talked about it last week, I thought that might be a good idea to write. I do a weekly column. Uh, most Thursdays I put one out. Um, and, uh, I don't know, column is the right word, blog. So I started doing some research to have to fill it out a little bit. And I, I googled Marin Open. And, yeah, sure, a bunch of things come up, but the only one uh, entry or link found by Google actually addressed the phrase uh, Marin Open as I was telling you about last week and as I just told you about tonight or, or on this show depending on when you listen to it. So um, I, there was only one and that one was to the greatest generation to that podcast. So I thought well it looks like uh, I'm wrong that they're the only ones that do it, and since it's part of their show, they have their way of referring to things. I guess it's not that big of a deal, even though the guys you know, seem to think that Marin created this thing, and they're wrong. But then, you know, if you called it the Jack Parr Open, nobody would know, <laughs> or many people would not know who you were talking about. They might even think it was a, it's a, it's about golf, yeah. But uh, no, uh, it's uh, Jack Parr. So I guess I'd have to be uh, saying, eh, it's not, I, never mind. <laughs> Although I did have one friend, 
comment when I put it up, posted the blog that he's pretty sure he's heard the Marin Open said elsewhere, but uh, but we're not certain. So well, I'll keep my ears peeled. If I hear it, I'll let you know. But otherwise, I guess it's not really that big of an arg after all. But the Jack Parr thing, I did find some information about him. I knew that he had uh, done something very dramatic on The Tonight Show. He quit. I knew that about it, but I didn't know the whole story. Uh, I'm not going to give it all the way here, uh, give it away here, because why should I, you know, I've written about it, and I want you to read my blog, so what you'll do is you'll go to dimlen.com, you can do that, and you click on the blog blog option, and you'll get the show notes for this week's show, and I'll link to it in there. Or you can go to Nostalgia Zone and click on the blog option and get to it that way. Uh, but I did write about the story about uh, Jack Parr quitting The Tonight Show. He... Um, he had a joke that that got cut out of the show. Now I'm I, I, I'm not he he would record his show in front of a live audience. Now maybe it was live on the East Coast so it would show, but I think he recorded it and then it played back later. And he did the joke for his live audience and they loved it. And then he watched the playback of the show on TV and saw that uh, NBC decided to in place of that joke, insert a news item to cover up for the joke. And he was not happy about that. And he he contacted NBC, his bosses, and he said, what the hell's this? And they said, well, we think the joke is in bad taste. He, I don't think it's in bad taste, <laughs> he, he argued. He says, you, you should, I, I want you to put that joke back on. It's not in bad taste. You know, the audience loved it. I want you to put it back in. They said, no, we're not going to do it. And he says, uh, you know, okay, you know, and he stewed over it for a while, and then before the next show that he did, he talked to his co-host Hugh Downs of you remember from the 2020 News Magazine, he was one of the hosts of of that Hugh Downs. Hugh Downs, uh, he told him, he said uh, what he was going to do on the show. He says, I'm, you know, he was Downs was the only person who knew what what. Jack was planning on doing. And Hugh Downs tried to talk him out of it, but he said, no, I'm adamant, I'm going to do it. And uh, so they got, the show starts, and Jack Parr starts doing the Jack Parr Open, or the Marin Open, for you younger kids. Uh, He starts, and he talks about, he, he makes some joke about some news item being inserted on that show, uh, it's something like, let's hope it doesn't happen. And then uh, and then he talks about the joke. And he talks about how this upset him. And he thought, you know, he, 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 um, he says, uh, there, there has to be a better way that, to make a living than this, or words to that effect. And, he ascent- and then he just, he got up and he walked off. And this was not even 10 minutes into the show. And I think at the time, the show was an hour and 45 minutes long. He got up and walked off. Hugh Downs had to shepherd the show through. Uh, I won't tell you what the joke was, but it had to do with the phrase water closet, which, if you don't know, the, that's a euphemism for bathroom. And the joke, if you read my blog, the joke is about as mild as mild a joke as you can get. 
uh, especially when compared to the kind of stuff that uh, can be joked about these days. All right, so that's uh, so check out the blog, and you'll get some a little more information and, and all that. Uh, I wanted to to talk about this uh, thing that I, I I talk a lot about stuff I spot on social media and and, and Facebook more specifically uh, because it's just you know it's a it's a fertile ground for information for for material for this show it really is and uh, not all that long ago uh, there was a discussion going on uh, on Facebook between skeptics. Uh, one skeptic had posted something, and then other skeptics were coming in and saying, you know, giving their two cents worth. Uh, and one uh, that is a Facebook friend of mine, of course, well, just about everybody involved in that thread were our Facebook friends of mine. Uh, one brought up something about uh, a a known skeptic, not you know, not as well known nationwide as you know James Randi or. Uh, you know, Penn and Teller, not not that highly well-known skeptics, but known enough as a skeptic, had shared a meme that uh, about Betty White or something that just wasn't true, and 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 this skeptic that was talking in the in the conversation in this in this Facebook thread was saying that you know it's just an easy search. Just an easy search on Google to determine whether or not that phrase uh, or that that claim that Betty White said this this certain thing is true would be easy to do, but they didn't. They just they just shared it, and I, I think the conversation kind of went in directions. Well, you know, sometimes politics can you know can even interfere with skepticism and which skeptics need to be careful and so I I had I think just earlier that day seen a meme uh, that featured Betty White and it might have been shared by that particular skeptic that this other particular skeptic was complaining about and although he did not mention by oh, no he didn't mention by name so I private chatted with him and I said uh, well, I, I, I posted the meme within the thread. I said, are you talking about this one? He says, yep, that's the one. And then I privately chatted with the guy. He says, well, who, who is it? And he told me who it was. I'm not going to say the name. But I said, oh, yeah, he is a he's Facebook friend of mine. Uh, he says, yeah, and it's just it's terrible. Because you, all you got to do is just, just look. And I said, yeah, I did. I went online I found that it's not true. Uh, okay, so what is it? It's, uh, it's a little... Well, remember, you, you must always remember... The sage words of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, don't believe everything you read on the internet just because there's a picture with a quote next to it. Always think of what Abraham Lincoln warned us about. You know, and, and, and just remember that. Just, so just because you see some image, it's got a picture of a person, and it's got a quote, and it might even have the person's name under the quote, you know, it's like the attribution. Just know that you may, it might not be true. And if you feel like commenting, you should probably vet it first. Go on and find the Google and find out if that quote is accurate. So it's a Betty White thing. And it's it shows in quotes, you know, a nice picture of Betty White. And she says, uh, she's supposedly saying, allegedly saying, my thoughts and prayers are with the senators that voted down gun control. My thoughts 
do your job, my prayer, you, you're voted out of office. Betty White. And this was a meme that's put together by some organization or just a person that goes by Occupy Democrats. And I've noticed in the past that Occupy Democrats doesn't really care if something's true or factual if it backs up their political ideology. They don't let that get in the way. And so I did a little search to see if she had said that. And I found a Twitter account that, that is uh, listed as uh, 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 Betty Effen White, except it's not Effen. <laughs> and it's under that, uh, and it's at, uh, uh, at Betty Effen White, except it's F uh, star, no, there's no star in it. It's Betty F-C-K-I-N White. Okay, so if you want to find, go on the Twitter. I will link to... Uh, at least the image of this on the on the Facebook or on the uh, show notes. Sorry about that. And it it has the it has the exact quote. The thoughts and prayers are with the senators who voted on gun control. My thoughts is do your job, and my prayer is that you get you know voted out of office. And if you look over on the side of the image that I'll put up, it has a little a little something written underneath about the person, the Twitter, the tweeter, the twit, whatever we call those things. I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know what the language is. Um, it says, I'm not Betty effing White. Yo, seriously, I'm not Betty effing White. It's a parody. It says it right there. So I'm willing to take that word that Betty White didn't say that. I couldn't find anything where Betty White said it. And so, as skeptics, we need to be careful what we share. Take a little time and vet it. And if you're going to comment on something that seems a little hanky, go ahead, vet it out, and say, oh, apparently that's not true. If it is true, it'd be good to put the source in the comments. Here's, this is true. I looked it up. It is true. The person did say this. Here's a link to it. If it's not true, you know, put the link in and say, hey, this isn't true, and put a link in there and say, help people out, because we need that. Uh, we, it just can't just throw stuff up willy-nilly. Um, what I can do willy-nilly, although it's not really willy-nilly, but uh, at this point, I can take my break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I will return after this break. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. 
station's not your cup of tea. Then drink coffee! 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 coffee. <laughs> drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. Thought you might say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Boy, and that bumper coming out of the out of the ad there, all that heavy breathing is just in danger of, you know, hyperventilating. Oh, they better be careful. That's a song called Tabazan, I think that's how you pronounce it, by the band Killing Joke. That's a really cool song. That's a cool band. Uh, I have a, uh, uh, well, one of these. Now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. I hope it's good. Uh, I, uh, well, you know, I'm one of the rare people who actually listens to ads on radio and watches ads on TV. Um, I should explain on the TV part. Uh, if I'm watching, if I'm accessing, uh, I have a friend who has generously allowed me to access his um, his Xfinity account online. So on my laptop, I can do that. And because of that way of, do, of watching stuff, when I watch a sporting event like baseball, uh, which, by the way, the Twins, uh, you know, they're doing... Uh, I, I, uh, they're still in first place in the Central, but I don't think they're going to stay there. They're just... They're so aggravating. But nevertheless... I digress. Anyway, so I have to sit through the commercials. About the best thing I can do is just mute it. But uh, anyway, on the radio, I'll hear commercials as well. And I generally don't flip stations. I just let it go. And I also get some material for the show from these. And so there's a PSA, a public service announcement, that is uh, uh, warning listeners that buzz driving is drunk driving, that you shouldn't drive even if you're just a little bit buzzed, it's just a little bit, you know, you shouldn't because you'll be impaired. And the ad, uh, the clever ad writers thought, let's do this. Let's do what we call the probablys, because that's what they call this ad. I'm going to play it for you. The audio might not be fantastic. I'm playing it off my, my uh, computation uh, communications handheld uh, awesome device which I could call Chad for short, I suppose. Because uh, I can't, you know, I think they come up with something, you know, a little quicker name for one of these things. But anyway, um, so I, it's, I recorded it from the internets onto this little device. I'm going to play it now. Uh, it's about a minute. So uh, just listen to uh, this ad about uh, buzz driving, uh, which, which is called uh, uh, The Probablys. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. 
Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Okay, all right. Now, I'm not disagreeing with the idea that you should be careful uh, about driving. You should be responsible when you drink, and and that I'm not. I'm, I, I, so I I don't have a problem with that. You know. Uh, but first, first of all, though, uh, <clears throat> 23 minutes since the person ate. Uh, so 23. By the way, 23. It's one of those numbers. I, I, there's nothing special about it, really, but the, it gets used a lot. Now, it might be that I'm just uh, attuned to hearing 23, but I do hear lots of them. So, maybe it's just me. But uh, that right there is, that's, that's pretty much a myth, to wait 30 minutes after eating before you go swimming. Uh, I looked into it. Uh, found uh, some health, you know, health sites online. Even Snopes.com had something on that. And the Mayo Clinic, their their website, has a has a, uh, a minute long video in which uh, a doctor explains that it's really not any. It's not bad. It's not dangerous or anything. It's you. You don't have to wait 30 minutes to go swimming. It, it there is a possibility for stomach cramps or muscle cramps. It is there is a possibility, but it's I, from what I gather, it's pretty slim and it's not a big deal. And so you know, you don't really have to wait. It's just I don't know why it became such a thing. It's just it's not something. But that's not the thing I'm being pedantic about. It's not the thing I'm being pedantic about with this. And this may be just an opinion. Your opinion may vary from mine. That's fine. But. When it gets to the last, probably, in this ad, yeah, there's a, a young man and a young woman together at a bar or a party or something, and, and he says to her, uh, you ready to go? And she asks, are you okay to drive? And he says, well, I'm, I'm pretty sober. I'm probably okay. Now, that's where I get pedantic. I don't know what your experience has been like, but I don't think it's ever happened ever in the history of alcohol and automotives has anyone said I'm probably okay to drive after they've had a couple few drinks what you're more likely to get from them is yeah I'm fine I'm good oh yeah no problem you're not gonna get I'm probably okay because that's not that's not what alcohol does to most people <laughs> it's, it's alcohol impairs your judgment alcohol might make you feel more bold than you would normally feel alcohol would make you might make you more certain about some things than maybe you would be when you're sober alcohol gives you hubris <laughs> you, you're not going to say i'm 
probably okay. You're going to say, I'm okay. I'm fine. I can drive. Now, if you're a more responsible person and you're not quite at that tipping point where even responsible people can lose that judgment, if you still have a little bit there and somebody asks you, you know, you know, you had a, you've had a couple of beers. Are you sure? You sure you should be driving? And and then the person might say, maybe I, you, uh, hmm, you know, I probably shouldn't. Then probably might come in. But that's only when the judgment is still pretty good. But it's, it's, so that's you may disagree with me. You might think I'm wrong, and that's your prerogative, and I could be wrong. But in my experience, whenever there's been anybody who's had a few drinks, and you might question their ability to drive, the person says, I'm okay. They don't say, I'm probably okay. It's just, they don't. Okay, uh, how much time have I got now? The show's going okay, it's moving along. Boy, I'm just kind of rolling through this stuff here. Boy, I hope I have enough. Uh, there's a weird photograph that I saw on the uh, on the social media. It's it's very weird. Um, it's it, and you know talking on a podcast about a photograph. It's probably not the smartest thing. Probably, but that doesn't stop me. <laughs> I'm having a beer. Um, a Facebook friend shared this image. It's a it's a darkly humorous thing. Uh, it has it's um it's a photograph of uh, of a little girl. She's I imagine she's about four years old, and she has uh, she's she's uh, she's got a, um, a a watering can a plastic watering can in her hands, and she's she has a there's a teddy bear laying on the ground. There's a towel over the teddy bear's face, and she's pouring water onto the teddy bear's face. And th there's a caption to the image. It says, uh, not a cell phone in sight, just a kid living in the moment. And it's a darkly humorous take on waterboarding. You heard about waterboarding. It was all the rage a few years ago. You know, enhanced interrogation techniques. You know, the little girls pouring. Somebody... Suggested this joke within the comments on here that the little girl's pouring the water on. She's saying, "Am I doing it right, Grandpa Cheney?" Yeah, yeah that's right. You're doing that just fine. Uh, yeah, you wish that teddy bear ain't gonna be part of any any uh, terrorist ring. Uh, we're gonna find out where the Taliban is. So, excuse me, I have to take a sip of beer. Mm. Uh, doing a Cheney impression, which was not very good, uh, takes it out of my throat. <clears> throat> Okay, so anyway, the thing about the picture is the way she's posed. She's she's bent over at a I don't know, not quite a forty-five degree angle from her hips. You know, she's as she's bending down to the ground to pour the water onto the teddy bear's face, and her hair. She's got long hair, long brown hair that's fallen down into her face. But as you as you, as I look at this image, her where her face would be looks really weird. She's wearing a a, a loose fitting t-shirt so the neck is a little open and it, it's just this bizarre bit where maybe that's her chin and maybe that's her neck and it's just but it looks like her uh left shoulder she's wearing a black t-shirt the left shoulder uh, yeah the left shoulder looks like you can see the black t-shirt there where you shouldn't 
be able to see it because her face should be there. And I just, I looked at that picture and I looked at that picture and I commented, I said, that is a weird looking picture. It looks like somebody went in in Photoshop to erase her face and kind of, you know, extend the hair or something in order to hide this girl's identity because of, of what's going on in the picture. But the person who shared it happens to be a photographer who has done a lot of work um, using Photoshop in, in her photography. And she's, she assured me, she says, uh, she says, I'm pretty certain that it's just a weird angle. Because you think photographs, you think photographs tell you exactly what you're seeing, but they don't. Photographs can look weird, and they can display things that you're, you're, you might not be sure exactly what you're seeing. And, and, and so when I looked at that, now the more I look at it, and I will share it on the show notes page. I'll, I'll put the image up there so you can take a look at it. And as I look at it now, um, and it's, it's, if it was a higher res image where you could blow it up and really take a look at it, it probably would uh, be easier to see what's going on there. But I think what's happening is because of her hair, it's so long and it's coming around her face, um, there's a, like a, a dark swath of hair that comes down across uh, what would be the, the, like the, her eyes, possibly, uh, or just below her eyes and her nose, just cutting across her face. It, it, it makes it look like that that's the shoulder, but it's actually hair. And it's, it, again, I, I shouldn't spend too much time trying to describe the picture because this is a podcast. But it made me think about this phrase, I know what I saw. And, and I want to say to you, no, you don't. Your, your brain is creating the world that you see. Your eyes are bringing in all this information. Your brain is, is figuring out what to look at, what to fill in, what to, you know, and it takes shortcuts and it does things and it makes mistakes. And it, there's, a, there's a picture that was shared by, um, by a, f- a few people on, on Facebook, but uh, most notably by uh, Evan Bernstein of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe podcast. He shared a picture, and it's a picture of a group of kids holding a tortoise, and they're you know, smiling, and, and, and you look at it, and it says, uh, this picture is not in color, although it looks like it's in color. It's a black and white photograph, but what was done is, over the, over the images was, is a grid the straight lines and it's a fairly open grid set diagonally across the, the photograph and you know over over a, a shirt that one kid is wearing it the lines are light blue and over another shirt the lines are light green and over the faces the lines might have a kind of a fleshy yellow color to it or over a yellow shirt it's a straighter yellow and it's you know it's over uh, over these these, these Im- the, the the people there, these little grids of color are put there, and what happens is your eyes and your brain takes in that information and fills in the color. So the so the blue shirt, which is actually a black and white shirt, you know the image is black and white, but the grid over it is blue, looks like the whole shirt is blue, or green, or or the skin tone is is uh, you know more of a flesh tone. You know, it's it doesn't it's it's but it's actually the photograph itself is black and white and there's I know so I'll 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 link to that on the show notes so you can take a look at that picture and say to yourself no I don't know what I saw <laughs> because your eyes play tricks on you your brain 
takes shortcuts and does things. And as I said, it makes mistakes. So um, before I make another mistake, <laughs> that's a good. I'm I'm getting better at these transitions. I've only been doing this show for coming up on ten years. So anyway, uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. I'm going to take my next break. I will be back. Bringing you the best radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming. Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests through live chat and call-in capabilities. You can't be left out of the loop. Tune into all our live shows once and you'll never turn your computer off again. Z-Talk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. Warmer weather in Minnesota means deer ticks are now feeding in a wooded area near you. Fight the bite. To avoid Lyme and other diseases from deer ticks, use tick repellent. This message from the Minnesota Department of Health. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. <laughs> Filet of any snake in the cauldron boil and bake. I have newt and toe of frog, wool of bat and tongue of dog, adder's fork and blind worm's sting, lizard's leg and howlet's wing for a charm of powerful trouble, like hellbroth boil and bubble. This brew be ye only salvation from your favorite radio station. <laughs> You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. <laughs> Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Let's say, oh, this last segment is probably going to be a little on the dark side, so um, I'm sorry, but it's just how I plan this show out. Um, I, I mentioned waterboarding, and while I was doing the uh, some research for the show, uh, something popped into my head about the waterboarding thing, and that was uh, that Christopher Hitchens... Um, was uh, asked by Vanity Fair if he would uh, submit to a uh, demonstration of waterboarding you know, on him, done on him, and write about it. 
And he said, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, he, you know, there's, there's video on YouTube. It's, uh, it's heavy stuff. Uh, I just warn you. You get about into the three minutes, uh, fifteen minute, uh, three minutes, fifteen second mark in there, and that's when the actual uh, um, demonstration takes place. Um, what they do is uh, uh, they they get him prepared. Uh, they they have him in the restraints that they put on the on the uh, the um, uh, the alleged terrorists and. Uh, and bring him into a room. There's a there's a bit of a makeshift table set up that's at an angle, and it's set at a slant. And they bring him on. He's he's got a black hood on. The men that are doing this with him and escorting him in there, they're all wearing black hoods to protect their identities. And they lay him down this table with his head at the lower part of the slope of the table. And then there's a there's a there's a, a big bucket or a pail or something underneath that end of the table where his head's at. And then they go over the, the procedure, what they're going to do, and they tell him, all right, we are putting in your hands, which his hands are, are restrained, but they put two metal pieces of metal into his hands, little metal rods. They put them in his hands, and they, and they, they tell him that when you feel it's, you know, this, this is too much stress, too much for you, however they put it, just let go of them. Drop him to the floor, and we will stop the demonstration immediately. Uh, and then they also gave him another, you know, we're going to give you uh, a safe word. If you think this is too much, you know, you will say the word red. And they, so they, you know, they go through that procedure with him. And so uh, they get started doing the, the demonstration with him. Uh, he... You know, as I said, it was at the, about the about you know, three minutes, fifteen seconds in, or three minutes, sixteen seconds into the video. It's a YouTube video. I'll I'll link to it. That's when it starts. He lasts. It starts at you know three sixteen. He lasts until three thirty three, about seventeen seconds, maybe less, before he drops the pieces of metal. And uh, they, they have him talking about it at the beginning and at the end of the video. And he says at the end of the video, he swore that he said the safe word as well, but obviously seeing the video, he didn't say it, but he dropped, he dropped the pieces of metal bound, they hit the floor, and he said, I didn't just drop them. Even though my hands were restrained, I threw them down to the floor. Because it was just, he says, he says at the beginning of the video that uh, he, he finds it uh, bothersome that uh, news reports will say that this simulates drowning. He says, no, this is drowning. Uh, it's just slower. And he talks about the sensations that he felt and all that in there. It's pretty heavy stuff. Uh, you know, so if you watch it, <laughs> be be aware that it's pretty heavy stuff. Um, and, you know, Hitchens, he was a cool dude. Uh, not, you, know, you might not agree with him and all that. He was fairly liberal, but he was one of the intellectual liberal types that was actually in favor of invading Iraq. He was. Um, I'm, I think he remained that way even after the revelations of the weapons of mass destruction was discovered. Um, he said, uh, you know, I think words to the effect that knowing what we knew at the time, it was the only prudent action to take. All right, you might disagree. I might disagree. I might agree. I don't. I'm not going to say. But hey, you know. Anyway, 
yeah, that waterboarding, heavy stuff. It's a, uh, it's ugh. So, what else is heavy stuff? Um, let me see. I gotta check my time and see if I got here. Before I do that, let's lighten it just a little bit. I do have a movie recommendation for you guys. I just watched this last night with a, my friend Craig. Uh, it's one of his favorite romantic comedies. Yes, we we held hands. No, we didn't. <laughs> No, but um, uh, we, it's uh, from 1953. It's called Roman Holiday, and it stars Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn plays a princess from some unnamed country, and uh, she's traveling Europe, and it's a very highly publicized um, tri uh, trip, and she's got lots of things she has to do, lots of people to meet and all this kind of stuff, and she just gets a little fed up with it, and she um, freaks out. And she ends up uh, leaving, taking a little Roman holiday. They're they're in Rome, and she you know meets up with uh, this fellow na uh, named uh, well, uh, played by Gregory Peck, and the two of them. Gregory Peck is a reporter who's looking for the big story, and he realizes that who she is at some point. Uh, at first, it's uh, you know she's she was given some uh, medication to help her sleep, but it just made her goofy. It made her sleepy, but but she still went out and about. And he just, he thought she was drunk. And uh, he, you know, well, anyway. They end up spending all the next day together. And he has a friend, played by Eddie Albert, who's a photographer. And they're taking pictures. And they think, this is going to be a big scoop. But, wouldn't you know it, the two fall in love. And it's it's a really sweet, sweet movie. It's funny. There's some, there's, there's a couple sequences in there that are really good. Uh, uh, involving Eddie Albert. Eddie Albert, I believe was either nominated, just nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I think he might have won. Uh, should have looked that up. But Audrey Hepburn was nominated for her role, and she did win. And this was her first film. And one of the trivia things about the movie is, and, and this Craig was telling me about it, that the the role that Gregory Peck played was originally offered to Cary Grant, who turned it down because he felt he was too old to play against, uh, to play the love interest for Audrey Hepburn, who was 23, 24 at the time, and I, can't, I don't know how old uh, Cary Grant was at the time, but uh, um, Gregory Peck was 36, 37, uh, and that's so while we're watching that, and I, 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 Craig tells me that, and I said to him, says, have you ever seen the movie Sabrina? And he said, no. And I said, Sabrina, well, that's um, that stars Audrey, Audrey Hepburn, but it's, it has Humphrey Bogart and uh, William Holden, and they play brothers. And they're both interested in Audrey Hepburn's character in that movie. Uh, and I th and I started looking things up. <laughs> um, Humph uh, this was made or released the year after Sabrina was released the year after Roman Holiday. And at the time it was made, that would make Audrey Hepburn about twenty-four, and it would make uh, Humphrey Bogart um, about fifty-four, which is how old I am. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Humphrey Bogart looked a hell of a lot older than I do. <laughs> but uh, smoking and being in the sun, I think, might do that. And, gen and genetics, you know, whatever. But uh, he didn't have a problem <laughs> playing in a movie to be a love interest uh, of Audrey Hepburn. Um, and, and then, incidentally, uh, it was pointed out 
that uh, um, there's a review from Welcome to the Basement. I mentioned them last week. They do a review of Roman Holiday. They do point out that some years later, Cary Grant did play the love interest of Audrey Hepburn in a movie called Charade, which is also really good. So you should check out Roman Holiday and Sabrina uh, and Charade. Check out those. There's three. There's three for you right there. Um, okay. On Facebook this week... I, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every time I would go onto the Facebook and start scrolling on the page, there would be two or three or more ads uh, for, you know, uh, uh, getting people to jump onto the Roundup lawsuit $2 billion, you know, lottery wagon train, whatever you want to call it. Trying to get people on there because, because Roundup causes uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Which, no, it doesn't. It does not. A jury or juries found that it does. That's not how it works. That's not, you know, that doesn't, that's not how science works. Uh, there, there may have been a scientist or two on, on any of the juries that, that came up with these, these, these uh, judgments. I doubt it. Uh, these, these juries these were, pro were probably not made up of, of chemists and biochemists and people who are experts on disease, how diseases spread and, and how it you know, my, you know how you catch diseases. They, they weren't peopled by them. They were just normal people who just were swayed by a lawyer's argument. It's, you know it's that, but that does not make, Roundup, which is a weed killer, it's an herbicide, uh, which has glyphosate in there, and it does not make that cause cancer. And glyphosate is actually so much safer than the herbicides that have been used in the past, which is what the the people who are trying to stop glyphosate, they're peddling this, it causes, causes cancer uh, uh, nonsense, want us to go back to using the old stuff, which is so much more dangerous. Um, it, I will link to a Skeptoid, uh, Brian Dunning's podcast, in which he talks about um, Roundup and glyphosate and behavioral economics and that kind of thing and why, why this kind of stuff happens. And, and he gives some information about the safety of glyphosate in that, in that, in that piece. So I'll link to that so you should check it out. Uh, it's, it's, it was so angering and frustrating. I would see this thing and I'd start posting. I'd link to that, uh, that Skeptoid episode and I'd say, you know, juries are not scientists. These people aren't chemists. Or they don't know what they're doing. They're hoodwinked by lawyers. This, this doesn't, it doesn't cause cancer. And then you see the reaction of uh, in the comments of people who were on board. Now, sure, some of them might have been faked, you know. But if you take most of them at their word, they would talk about family members who had got who would were farmers and and got you know non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and they lymphoma and they you, they'd talk about that and they'd have all that and you, you feel sorry for them and you feel sad for that that situation. But you're not going to be able to tell them that no. The, the Roundup did not give the cancer. And then, of course, there's, well, it's Monsanto. Of course, Monsanto doesn't exist anymore. Monsanto has been bought up by somebody, and they, the Monsanto name is not there anymore. But uh, th there were people bringing up Agent Orange, 
Yeah, well, there was Agent Orange. Yes, there was Agent Orange, but this, this glyphosate is not Agent Orange, and it is not dangerous. I mean, sure, don't drink it. Don't spray it into your eyes. But yeah, ugh, it's, it's frustrating. And that got me thinking a little bit more um, about the, uh, the night that we met up for, at the Skeptics. And this last time, and the the public television was out there, and uh, we we were sitting around talking. And uh, Travis, one of the elders, he was actually raised uh, by you know on a farm. He was his family are farmers, and so he he knows of what he speaks. And he would tell us about you know how happy farmers were to get Roundup, and that's just how how great it was because you know they would get these GMO crops that are Roundup ready. That, that can you can put the herbicide on it and it won't affect the crops but it'll affect the weeds and 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 you don't have to use as much and you can you know you can control the weeds and it really does a good job and like I said it's much more safe I don't have the exact numbers but there's a scale and when you go to, when you listen to the the skeptoid episode that I'll link to Brian Dunning does give uh, this the number scale about you know the safety numbers and the higher the number, the more safe it is. And so he talks about these other couple of, uh, of herbicides that were used extensively back in the days before uh, glyphosate Roundup came about. Um, th he talks about those, and their numbers are in the hundreds. You know, maybe, maybe one might be less than 100, the other one might be in the hundreds, uh, that number. And he says, now glyphosate is up here at 6,000. That's how much higher it is on the safety measure or something. So it's, you can buy it over the counter. Travis was telling us how people would have to have be licensed to buy the stuff. And probably, and I'm, I'm imagining they would have to be trained on how to use it when getting that license. And, you know, he also talked about uh, the GMO crops. And, and he said uh, they, there'd be farmers that would would help with experimenting on the GMO crops. Uh, they would plant, you know, this these few rows with the GMO seed, and then these next few rows without it, and then the next rows with it, and the next without, and they and they, you know, they'd see how they fared, and you know they would uh, by the end of the growing season, the GMO crops were fantastic, but the other crops weren't. And because they, they, they limited their pesticide use and herbicide use because the GMO crops were supposed to be resistant to those things. And he, he said the farmers were just, this is great. <laughs> you know, if you're really scared of GMO, ask a farmer. If you're scared of, of, of Roundup, ask a farmer about it. I, I think chances are pretty good. They're going to say, you know, these are great. These are great. Um, so, I got to thinking once I saw these ads uh, on the Facebook, which, by the way, I need to thank uh, both Craig and another Facebook friend, because uh, I asked, is there a way to tell Facebook to stop putting these up? And they said, well, you can report the ads, and, and you can. And it gives you, uh, you know, when you, when you go to report the ad, uh, it gives you several categories that you can choose as to what 
you think is uh, you know a best descriptor as to why you're picking. It's just one or two word phrases that you can pick. And uh, I said, well, which one? I took a screenshot of uh, of that of that of those options and I put it into the thread on Facebook. And I said, well, which one should I use? And I was told offensive. Go with that. And I did. So I reported three ads right away, and I think I reported a couple more, and then they stopped showing up. They stopped showing up. I was a little worried down. These are paid sponsors, and I was wondering, oh, maybe, you know, the, um, you know, Facebook is going to be on the side of uh, of the sponsor more than just some, you know, just some, you know, skeptic griping about this is offensive to have this kind of stuff because you know this this science denial, this scientific illiteracy is is offensive and it's scary so I got thinking about the meetup and and the the public television crew there and I thought you know I should have broken the fourth wall you know I should have I should have turned to the cameras and I just and just start saying you know this is why scientific literacy, scientific skepticism, and critical thinking are so important. Yeah, we are surrounded by the dangers of scientific illiteracy and science denial. It's the homeopathic remedies in the aisles of every drugstore. It's the verified non-GMO labels on so many food items in our supermarkets. It's the CBD oil merchant on every corner. It's the power band bracelets or the kinesio tape or cupping marks on so many athletes. It's the person who can't get any peace uh, in life believing that aliens will abduct them, in their, abduct them in their sleep. It's the unvaccinated kid spreading childhood diseases that should be gone or nearly gone, but their parents think vaccines cause autism. Uh, it's the so-called psychics giving false hope to parents of missing children and bad leads to the police. It's the acupuncturist and the chiropractor working alongside real medical professionals and health clinics. It's false cancer cures and superfoods. It's the televangelists preying on the poor, promising riches if only they send in all their money. It's uh, religious creation myths being taught in our schools and saying evolution is just a theory. It's the climate change denial that's threatening all of us. You know, this is why skepticism is necessary. Um, this is why skeptics fear we are regressing into an age of, as Brian Dunning has put it, endarkenment. You know, it's frustrating. It's it's tiring, uh, but we skeptics will persevere because, god damn it, you know, we have to. It's important for our future. We we need to be scientifically literate. We don't have to be experts. We don't have to be Nobel Prize winners. We don't have to be you know, professors and all that, but we just need to know the basics and understand this kind of crap so that we don't fall for all the bullshit that's around us. And ugh, this, this first half of this week was really tough. Um, it just... I was able to block those ads, but that doesn't stop them from doing the damage that they're going to do. Uh, I tell you. Good night, Star Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, you know what I say. 
Be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, uh, tiredly reminding you to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by the Yolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. My life, you're clever, Dimmy. It's certainly taken me in. Well, well I'm going, I'm going to hell. To hell.